So Anna, I actually want to talk to you about the impact of social media on mental health today. Do you think it's actually increased people's problems or it's not really affected uh, the way people look at their own life? I think in um, different ways. Let's first talk about what social media is. I think social media is a tool and it, uh, I don't think we can say that it's not required. In our current uh, context, globally, it's a tool to uh, be used uh, professionally and even personally. It's a, a tool that we need to use. I think what is becoming frightening is that the tool has begun to become navigate our lives and almost become the pilot of our lives. Um, so one question that I always ask people is, is social media your intimate companion or is social media a tool that you use to function? If it has become your intimate companion and you cannot actually manage without it for even a second and it causes you some form of anxiety if you're not on these various social media platforms, then it's become your companion and it is fulfilling some need of yours. The third part I think which we need to understand is there are a whole group of people who in a fantasized way engage with the world through social media, through right. the virtual world. Basically you need to relate to the virtual world and you're using it through a screen. The screen is social media, whichever platform you're using. What you're missing out there is you're not actually having contact. You're in connection with somebody in virtual space. It's not actually human contact. So that when it becomes harmful because human contact is essential for us to actually be in optimal mental health. Sure. The other part of social media, which I think again, people who are suffer from anxiety or suffer from uh, different forms of, you know, social phobias, they think they are engaging with all these people out in the virtual world to actually not feel lonely. But actually, they are reinforcing their loneliness because there is no actual contact. Mm. It's, in, it's a kind of a screened contact. Yeah. So it's harmful and it will cause more distress. Now let's look at the physical aspects of social media. This so-called blue light that is in our mobile phone, um, our, uh, and the technological interests, our laptops, etc. What it actually does is it hones in on the amygdala, which is a part of the brain. It actually catalyzes or triggers the amygdala to be hypervigilant and therefore in the three survival states. So inconspicuous, inconspicuously, it's inducing anxiety. Interesting. Yeah. And it's for this very reason that what happens to people who engage continuously with social media and the mobile, say late into the night, say till 12, 1, and then they just say, OK, now I'll sleep. They're tossing and turning in bed and unable to sleep because the amygdala has not yet shut down. When I say shut down, they come in a restful state. It is still in a red alert state. Right. So I think you have to learn how to, I'm not saying you have to disengage from social media. 
you need to learn how to use it. Yeah. Now, people who are also using social media to build self-esteem and feel good by the number of likes you get, again, what happens if today I put an image and instead of getting the uh, regular 100 likes, I get only five, Ooh, down goes my psychological feeling and my sense of adequacy, inadequacy almost becomes intense. So I don't think social media uh, is a platform to be used to kind of measure and evaluate how you are accepted or included in the larger world. A, because it's a, uh, it's a virtual world. Two, because that's not where your sense of self or adequacy barometer should be measured. And three, this is not the tool to measure that. Right. If social media is being used for advertising, for visibility, for marketing, for networking, that's the role. And it, it, it's a tool to function. But if social media is going to become the tool to evaluate sense of self, then I think it is very harmful. The other thing is in today's world, when we were you know, talking about adults and children, the impact of trolling, yeah. okay? The impact on trolling uh, people who are in public life, there are a whole lot of people in virtual space who are nasty. Actually that nastiness they're projecting onto this public persona that the rage comes from somewhere else. Yeah. And it's being projected on this person who has nothing to do with it. The, the kind of online bullying that goes on because of you know, these social media platforms, because there's no control. There are no ethical principles. There are no ethical guidelines. Who is actually managing this? I think, therefore, I think what is happening is we are actually both overtly and uh, covertly creating a monster out of social media. Right. It's becoming uh, more significant in our lives than the allocated space it should be given to. And I think this is something we really know. So because now when you look at it, social media is definitely one of the contributing factors to mental health issues because it's not being used as a tool. It's always being used like a parent. Right. Yeah, it, it seems to even govern your value system. Because Anna, you spoke about social media from a content creator standpoint, right? Like let's say I create content and then like I'm anchoring my emotions based on the response I get. And, and I feel a lot of people are on the consumption side where let's say I see, I follow a bunch of people and they're traveling, someone's bought a house, you know, and then somehow my aspirations or insecurities are constantly amplified, right? So, and I think there are more people consuming content versus creating content, right? So what's your, how do I, how do I make sure I don't anchor my mental health or I anchor the way I feel based on what people are putting out? To me, the very, the very fact that you're anchoring uh, your uh, life and measuring and evaluating your life journey depending dependent on the content put out by somebody else who may be traveling. Uh, that itself to me is an indicator that your sense of self is really not 
um, sufficiently grounded. And by grounding, I'm not talking that it's, uh, you know, that it's because uh, grounding to me is that it, it needs support and it needs introspection and it needs to wonder where it comes from. For example, um, you know, I've always wondered what it means for people, and I've asked my um, children this, what does this mean for people who, to, you know, when they're traveling to, you know, put up this, that I'm in a business class lounge. What are you trying to convey? Yeah. But basically, you're say, what you're trying to say is, I've arrived, okay, there. Yes, you have arrived, and that's a success, but does, do you measure your success or your sense of achievement based on how others receive it? Which means that I would think that that's so dangerous. And as I'm talking to you, I then think of this documentary that I saw last week of Taylor Swift, where she talks about her, yeah, about her, how her whole life was about all the adulation she gets from this external world and that one comment what, how deeply it pulled her down. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, if your whole sense of self is dependent on outside, then I think it's not an anchored sense of self. And I think it's a, I would be cautious to that because it can definitely then lead to mental health issues. Mm -hmm.